desires with the stirring in our spirit. I pray right now for shame to be broken off of any heart or mind. God, I pray for weariness to be broken off of people's bodies over their hearts and their minds, like mental exhaustion. I feel like the Lord just wants to say, I want to break that off of you. In Jesus' name. thank you that as we just bring our affection and our devotion, like Kim said, sometimes it feels a little heavy to just bring a hot mess to you. But as we do, you bring a lightness to us. That when we experience true repentance, it's not heavy. It's actually quite the opposite. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for breaking heaviness this morning as we return our hearts to you. circumstances in our lives that we came in with, we can leave feeling a little bit lighter because of our heart just coming back to you. Doesn't mean the circumstances have changed, but sometimes the weight of them that we carry changes. Thank you, Lord, for covering us in your peace this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord knows what we need. It says He knows what we need before we pray. That He already He already knows. You know, when we, when we come to the Lord, we're not giving Him information He doesn't know. <laughs> it's not an information gathering time. He wants your heart. He wants you to freely share your heart with Him. Because He already knows. <laughs> but He wants you to say, yes, I'm willing to open my heart to you. I'm willing to open whether it's good or bad, whether it's in a good place or hard place. He's saying, will you, will you open your heart to me? Will you, will you trust me? That's what faith is. Amen. 
Y'all remember that, that message that Dave gave a while ago? I wasn't here, but I listened to it, where he went through Hebrews chapter 12 and he replaced the word faith with trust. Because faith is not something magical. It means that I just believe and trust in God, that I trust Him. And so, therefore, when I, when I trust Him, I'm going to do all kinds of things. Because by faith, by in that trust relationship, something good is produced. So I want to I want to encourage you today. I feel like there's a, there's just a specific encouragement, and maybe we're just kind of recycling already what's happened here. So if God just says some of the same things, then you know He's speaking to you, right? Uh, but we're we are going to start in Exodus. But I, it's really just to to read one little one little verse in Exodus. If you're a guest or your your first time here, we've been going through the book of Exodus this year. We are uh, through chapter about 35, um, but I want us to read Exodus 36 in verse 1, 1 and 2 here. Exodus 36 verses 1 and 2. Let me pray as we, before we read the word. Father, we just invite you for all of the scripture that we're going to read this morning, that you administer life to us. You would, we choose to open our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word to us, to lead us into all truth. We need to hear from you, God. And so we thank you, Lord, that even as we're reading just your powerful word, that life will spring up in hearts, that change will happen in our minds, God, that revelation will come. Lord, there'll be, there'll be aha moments, there'll be understanding because your word is powerful, God, and what you say matters most. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 36, so what's happened in Exodus is, you know, Moses has just come down the mountain uh, for the second time with the Ten Commandments, and now they're getting the instructions to build the tabernacle. In other words, to build God's house. Um, and so it says, and we're, gonna, we're skipping 35. I realize that uh, that could be revisited later by myself or somebody else. And uh, so it says this, they're going to build this tabernacle. They're out in the desert, and they have to build this traveling building <laughs> where they're going to have the, the, the whole articles of worship of God and, and the Holy of Holies and all these things. And it says, So Bezalel, Ohaliab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know out how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. Some translations might say it, he, they had a willing heart or they had, they were, they, their heart was stirred. Uh, in other words, there was, there was something in their hearts where they said, yes, I want to do this. And so I want to, that's all I'm going to read from Exodus. So that's all we're going to get from Exodus. If you want more of Exodus, come back next week. Um, so you've got these, these two guys, and basically before this it says that they are given the ability to teach everyone, but it says everybody who was willing, everybody who had a heart in it to do it was, was moved. And before this it says the same thing, that they were all moved to give. 
that people were moved to give because their heart was willing. And see, this is, this is the thing where that is going to be tried to stop in your spiritual life is the willingness to do things. The willingness to move forward, the willingness to step out, the willingness to respond. Because there is an enemy in our spiritual walk, right? There is, there is, a, there is a devil. And what he wants to do is if he can get you to be discouraged, then you are no longer willing. If he can get you to diss your courage. You know, when I was uh, growing up in the... It sounds so old now. In the 80s. <laughs> Anybody else grow up in the 80s? All right, there's like three of us. <laughs> uh, how about the 90s? Y'all are shy. Okay, good. Uh, you know, in, in the 80s, they had that thing where you'd say, don't diss me, man, or something like that, right? You know, anybody else remember that? Some of you are like, some of you are too old for that, and some of you are too young for that. So, uh, Generation X Unite. Um, so, in other words, it was just, you know, diss was this word, but sometimes we just don't think about this, but the word discourage, it means to get rid of your courage. So the, one of the enemy's goals in your life, one of the ways that he tries to stop you is for you to get rid of your courage, for you to let go of it, to be discouraged. And so once you are discouraged, guess what? You're no longer willing. I mean, think about this. Let's just do it as a practical application. You know, when we all start to do exercise, new exercises or something, or, you know, I'm going to get in shape or something. And I know you're looking at the skinny pastor and say you've got no problems, but anyway, just discount that for right now, okay? But I have to exercise too. So when you, when you get ready to do something, and if you do it for a while and nothing changes, what? You lose your courage, right? You're like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to step out. I don't want to hurt myself willingly anymore to do this stuff. And so guess what? You let it go because you no longer have the courage to do what you are wanting to do. And so that is exactly what happens when we are discouraged in our lives is we are, we are stopped from doing something because that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to stop. He wants you to give up. He wants you to say, it's not worth it anymore. He wants you to say, I can't do this anymore. Because we have, he, he knows that Jesus won. <laughs> he already knows that Jesus won. When Jesus went to the cross, he won. Better than Tom Brady? <laughs> Better than UT? <laughs> Heard they won yesterday, right? Miracles happen, right? Okay, so. But he, Jesus won the victory, right? And so when you put your trust in Jesus, you're on the winning team. You have no reason to be discouraged because you are now his. You now belong to him and he belongs to you. I'm my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Isn't that awesome that not only do we belong to him, but we, we get him too. He says, I'm going to get, you're going to share yourself with me. Guess what? I'm going to share myself with you. 
And so we have no reason in the spiritual realm to be discouraged. And so because the devil has no power over us anymore, the only thing he can do is get you to stop and to let go of what you already have been given. Because you've already been given courage. Because Jesus won the victory. I've never seen somebody win the Super Bowl or the World Series or the Stanley Cup or any other sports that, you know, or the World Cup or anything else. I've never seen the winning team hang their head. I mean, have you? I've never seen. Now, the losing team, those people look like depressed and horrible and there's like grown men crying on the side and all these things, right? But I have never seen the World Series winner cry, except for joy. <laughs> I've never seen them hang their head. They're, they're, they, might, they might be overcome with emotion, but they are happy. <laughs> and guess what? They're feeling strong. They're feeling courageous. They're like, I can, I can face anything now. We, we won the world. We're the world champions. And so Jesus is the, not just the world champion, he's the universe champion. He's he's won everything that really matters. And he has invited us and says, you can live as part of my victory. And so because of that, we can be encouraged. But one of the tools of the enemy is just for me to let go of that. That I am discouraged. Hebrews 12 and 3 says this. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Who's him? It is Jesus this time. So, yes. (laughs) Consider Jesus who endured such opposition. It disappeared. (laughs) There we go. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So you will not be discouraged. So you will not... Give up. Hebrews 10 and 35 and 36 says this. So do not throw away your confidence. Isn't that interesting? He says, don't throw away your confidence. You have it. If you have faith in Jesus, you have confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need, you need You need to persevere. You need to keep going. You need to not give up. You need to hold on. You need to continue to trust. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. And as I was, I was really feeling like that there's some in here today who you're ready to just throw away your confidence. You're like, I, I'm done with this. I'm just ready to let this go. And you can see how God is just continuing to set up this, this morning. If it's just one person, then God's doing it for you. He's saying, don't throw away your confidence in me. Do not be discouraged. Do not grow weary. Do not lose heart, for I am with you.
The devil has no power over you. We got to quit giving the devil so much power. I don't even like to mention the devil while I preach. It's kind of like annoying to me to even do this, but it's necessary sometimes to mention what he's doing because he's trying to get you to stop and to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. If you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, turn to Matthew, go to the New Testament, go to your right. So flip the pages this way if you've got a Bible. I know most of you have phones and you're not turning on the Bible, but I like to pretend. Um, Matthew chapter 13, this is the parable of the sower. And Jesus tells a story about seed going on hard ground and the birds come and steal it. Seed goes in the rocky soil and it grows up for a little bit and dies. Seed goes among the weeds and it gets choked out and has no life. And then seed that goes in good soil and it grows up and produces 30, 60 or 100 times. In other words, it multiplies what was poured into it. And then Jesus says in verse 18, this is Matthew 13, verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We could even say this, they become discouraged. They let go of their courage. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. You might be asking, Pastor John, what in the world does that have to do with what we've been talking about? It has everything to do because it says that the seed in itself will produce fruit. It's the condition of the soil, the condition of my heart that determines... What is produced? And I believe there's three tools the enemy uses. One is to discourage you. He can do that through trouble. He can do that through opposition. He can do that through disappointment. He can do that through pain. And he wants you to let go of your courage. Let go of the courage that says, I am going to continue to follow Jesus. I'm going to continue to trust Him. I'm going to continue to take this step forward. I'm going to continue to read the Word. I'm going to continue to believe God. I'm going to continue to trust the people God has put me in my life and be open and not go away and isolate myself. I'm going to continue on and pray for my family members who don't know Jesus. I'm going to continue to trust Jesus that He is healing my mind and my heart. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. I will not be discouraged. I will not be denied. I am going to follow Jesus. And I have a willing heart. And I'm not going to give up my will. I'm not going to give up my will. 
to someone who lost the battle. To someone who's less than God so far. So far less than him. But if he can't get you discouraged, he'll get you distracted. The enemy will try to get us distracted. What does it say for the the seed that falls among the the thorns? It says the cares and the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. In other words, if he can get your attention on something else other than Jesus, then then he can win a small victory. (laughs) He can win temporarily. He can hinder you from producing 30, 60, or 100 times by distraction. If he can't get you discouraged, he'll distract you. He'll get you focused on this one thing. He might even get you focused on something in the Bible. You know, some people got, get so focused on all kinds of different stuff. When I was growing up, they were too focused on Jesus coming back and the rapture and the tribulation and all that stuff, trying to figure out what's going to, all this stuff that's going to happen. And then we didn't know how to live daily with people and just tell them about Jesus. And live a healthy life and get, get my heart healed up. It was, you know, we, we had to be to scare the hell out of us. <laughs> Can I say that? My wife said no. <laughs> I'd rather preach the heaven in you than scare the hell out of you. I'm getting too old. I don't care what I say, babe. <laughs> I see where all these old people who just, anyway. (laughs) Ah, who cares? Okay. Paul, I'm glad your mother's not here. Okay, so (laughs) don't tell her I said that. (laughs) But if he can't get you discouraged, he can get you distracted, he can get you focused on something else, anything other than Jesus. Anything other than following Him. Anything other than being filled with the joy of the presence of following, following Him and being, being filled with love and grace and peace and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Anything that gets get your eyes, whether it can be good or bad or indifferent, it doesn't matter. Whatever He can get you distracted on. Wherever He can take your, the attention and the focus of your life where you're consumed with that one thing. Rather than Him. What does it say that all these things, I mean, it could be money, it could be the worries of, it says the worries of life, it's, you know, whatever's going on, it could be just all the things that are going on in our world. It could be, I see some people, and I I know I mention this all the time, they're just consumed with the news. They're like consumed with all this stuff. They're, They're constantly posting all these bad things that can happen and all these things. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I have no clue if it's conspiracy theory anymore because there's so much information that we don't even know what's true. And some people are so worried, what's going to happen? What what if they do this again? What if this happens? What if this person's elected? What if this person's not elected? And we're so worried about that that we're distracted. And we're worried about the things of this life When in order to produce good fruit in my life, I have to have my heart focused on Jesus. I have to commune with Him. And it's out of, when I commune with Him, then I can deal with those things in life. Then I deal with them in a healthy way because I'm coming from them from a place of confidence and peace. Where I am resting in the finished work of Jesus, where I know, guess what? Jesus, 
is still in charge. And I'm trusting Him, so why am I getting so worried about the things going on around me as if Jesus doesn't know? But if He can't get us discouraged or distracted, then He'll try to get us disconnected. You know, it says here, this is talking about when someone first hears the word. I understand that. Uh, But it says that that the seed goes out on this hard ground. Where there's there's just no connection of the seed with what it needs. Because the seed never goes inside. That's what the seed needs to get inside, right? The seed, I I don't know much about farming. (laughs) Do you want to know about farming? As some of the farmers around here, people who grew up on farms. Okay, but I do know this. The seed has to get inside the ground. That's why they plow up the ground. So they can put the seed in. When the seed is connected with the soil, then new life happens. Doesn't, it just happens. Life was created to happen. And our spiritual life is the same way. When the seed of God's word gets into my heart, life happens. But if I'm disconnected, if I'm closed off, if I am hard, it doesn't matter how much seed comes to me, Right? I can listen to a thousand sermons. I can listen to, I can have six billion hours of worship on my, whatever you play your music on, on Spotify or whatever, and I can have it on repeat playing over and over again. But if I am hard and the seed is not getting inside me, it doesn't matter how much seed there is. The answer is not to get more seed. The answer is for the soil to open up so the seed can get inside. There has to be a connection in my life with God's heart and His Word. When it connects with me, guess what? Life will be produced. Something will begin to grow inside of me, spiritually. Have you ever noticed that when you're when you're not around somebody a lot, when you when you don't know them, you can misinterpret the things they say and do. Have you all ever done that before or am I the only one? You know, when you're when you're when you spend time with someone, you, you get to know their heart, and so you don't you're you're less likely to misinterpret something they say. Or something they do, like, why are they doing that? And then you can, it can get twisted, you know? It gets, we get twisted up with, with people because they're far away from us. It can be the same thing in your relationship with the Lord. Where if He's far away from you, you're misinterpreting all these things. Like, what? Wait, why is, what's going on with that? God, why would you say that? But when you get to know Him, then you know His heart. You know, you know how He thinks. You know how He feels. You know how He loves you know how he speaks, and then you can understand, okay, now I, I know where you're coming from. I'm less likely 
to misinterpret the work of God in my life if I'm close to Him. And so I need to stay connected to Jesus. It's simple, but it's not always easy, is it? It takes a willing heart. It takes a willing heart. Going back to these, these ones in Exodus, isn't it interesting? I mean, to me, I find it amazing. First of all, it's just fascinating, uh, just the whole idea that God's going to build this moving tabernacle. You know, everything's got to be on poles so that they can carry it as they walk through the desert. Um, you know, and he says, guess what? It's not going to be Moses. It's not going to be all these people. It's going to be all these people who God has gifted are going to be used by me to put something amazing together. And that's how, what a picture of the church. What a picture of the people of God that it, it wasn't just Moses. He's not meant to be just one person. It's, it's, it's all the people's hearts are moved together and then because of their giftings, they are able to offer up to the Lord something that is, that is, that is amazing, that, is, that has beauty and talent and, and grace to it. And so when you put that all together, something beautiful comes from that. And so that is why the enemy wants you to be disconnected, distracted, or discouraged. He wants to diss you. Man, <laughs> homeboy. <laughs> oh, boy, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, like, 80, like Christian rap came out in the 80s with like the, when the regular rap music, I want to say regular rap music came out, so... Of course, you know, I was a good Christian boy, so I only listened to the Christian rap music. And so uh, they still said homeboy a lot. So for some reason, uh, very, very good word to use in in my household. Okay, (laughs) that commercial is over. So are you discouraged? Are you distracted? Are you disconnected? And if you are, guess what? The answer is still the same. The answer is Jesus. The answer is come home. The answer is keep going. The answer is pick that up again. Get up. Get up again. Keep going. Keep walking. Keep trusting. Keep praising. Keep praying. Keep going. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's stand. Thank you, Father. We worship you, O oh God. Just begin to thank God right now where you're at. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. We honor you and we bless you. We choose to, to give you all the honor and all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're faithful, God. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. You've never failed us. Your love never fails, Lord. You've never failed me once. I'm going to keep trusting you. You've never failed me yet. Thank you, Lord. We're choosing to trust you once again.
And we choose to give you all the glory, Jesus. Father, we just thank you right now. Lord, I thank you for, for fresh strength going into these hearts. God, for those hearts who have become weary, those who have lost heart, those who have lost courage, God, we just pray for an infusion of, of encouragement, God, of life, of strength, of spiritual uh, vigor to come back into them, God. We just, we just thank you for that, God. We thank you for those who have been hurt, God, that, that, you're, saying, that you're encouraging them to, to continue to move forward, to say, I'm going to walk into healing. I'm going to go into wholeness. I am there. This is not the way I'm going to be my whole life. I choose to believe you, God, and trust you that you are who you say you are, that you're going to do what you're going to say you're going to do. And so we choose to trust you. Those who have been distracted by something else that's not from you, God, we thank you that we choose to repent and fix our eyes upon you. We say, Lord, forgive us for putting our focus too much on that thing, whatever it is. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. It's not from you. Lord, it's not, it's not the best thing. It's not the God thing. And so we choose to focus on you. And those of us who've just closed ourselves off, Lord, we become hard for whatever reason. We've been disconnected. God, we don't, we don't know why. Maybe it's just there's been too much stuff going on. There's just been too many things that are so hard that all we know what to do is just a defense mechanism. We close ourselves off. But right now, God, whether we open ourselves up to anyone else, Lord, we choose to open ourselves and say, Lord, I can trust you. Jesus, I will trust you. Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for releasing fresh anointing on our lives, God, to to just pursue you and to, to get closer to you and to be strong and courageous in you. We can be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Thank you, Lord, that it's not our strength, it's not our might, it's, your, it's by the Holy Spirit. It's by my Spirit, says the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us new things. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for encouraging us this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we just worship you, O oh God. Thank you, Father. Father, we just give you all the glory, Jesus. As I worship you, Almighty God, there is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I want to do. I give you praise. I give you praise. For you are my righteousness. I worship you. Almighty God. There is none like you. Thank you, O Lord. 
Jesus, you are worthy of our praise. Worthy is your name, Jesus. We just worship you this morning. And we thank you for letting us pick up our courage once again today. God, letting us have a, our will engaged with you, God. A willing heart to follow you and to do whatever you would put in front of us. Thank you, Lord, for sustaining us and giving us grace. God, that you're giving us strength and grace to make it through. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you need prayer, if you need healing in your body, if you need something, if you need to know about Jesus, if you don't know who he is or haven't given your heart to him, we encourage you to come up and receive prayer from some of our leaders that will be up here. Uh, if not, you are free to fellowship and be dismissed and be blessed on this Sunday.